0: And welcome to another edition of the Embodied Rebellion podcast with me, Owen Bailey, and my co-host, Jason Moore. Hello. Hi, Jason. So, Jason, we haven't seen each other for a while because you're in Norway at the moment, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I've been out here for, well, I was in quarantine for 10 days. Out of quarantine for a week. So, yes, I'm here for another five weeks and then I'm back in the UK, yeah.
0: Oh, brilliant. So what are you doing in Norway? Let, let, let the people know. Let the people
1: know. I'm directing a play out here. Um, It was a play I was directing in February and March and then I had to obviously come home um, for obvious reasons. Uh, and then, yeah, we're setting it up and doing it. And it's kind of now going to be their Christmas play in the theatre because we're obviously way behind. Um, but yeah, so we've um, started setting, the, setting it up again. So here I am. In, I'm
0: in Bergen in Norway, so yeah. Bergen in Norway, lovely, awesome, thanks, man. And um, we have with us a, a guest, uh, Angela Wells. Angela is a. I'm gonna. In, I'm gonna introduce her as a NLP coach, amongst other things. Um, but she can tell you a little bit more about herself. So, Angela, come on in and say hello.
2: Hi there.
0: Hey. Hello. So I. I Hello. <laughs> yes, hello. 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 <laughs> I I introduced you as an NLP coach there. Is there anything else you'd like to add to that?
2: Um, I think you're right. I kind of have many hats depending on um, you know, kind of time of day and time of the week as well. So I have I have a, a permanent job um, which is in asset management, but alongside that I'm also, as you say, an NLP coach. Um, I'm co-founder of the NLP conference in India um, and the NLP global summit that we ran in, um, in the summer as well. So, um, yeah, so I have many interests in, you know, personal development, um, public speaking. Um, yeah.
0: Oh, awesome. Thank you very much. I can, I, it sounds a bit clickety-clackety, it does at the moment, so um, I think we're having some interference. Um, it's the rain in Norway. It's the rain <laughs> in Norway. <laughs> You're funny. It's the rain in Norway. So part of me is just even thinking if I switch to a different platform, but um because it sounds really bad, doesn't it? it I, I,
1: yeah.
0: Unless we're, until we're silent, then it seems to work. Yeah.
1: Maybe it's me being, maybe I should not come on this podcast then. (laughs) Um,
0: Maybe you should be far away. Yeah,
1: maybe you should, maybe it's me. Why don't you, i tell you what, why don't you start without me and then like a tiny bit and then let me know
0: if it's better and then just do it without me. Is that better, do you think? Okay, so time up and then I think you can click that same link to come back in. Um the one you just sent me. If not, the one I just sent okay. you if not, So I'm gonna leave
1: and the, the I'll one. come back in, yeah? Okay. All right. Okay, hang on I Hang on.
0: Hang on. <clears throat> okay. Angela, how are you doing?
2: I'm good. Thanks. <laughs>
0: I think I think it, I think it is um Jason being in Norway. It,
2: it is. For some reason show. it doesn't like it, does it?
0: For some reason, it doesn't like it at all. Uh, should we rock on?
2: Yeah, let's do this.
0: Cool. So you said that you were, you know, um, you said you're an NLP coach and you wear many hats, but you also just said that you um, you did a, a conference, NLP conference in India.
2: Yes, that's correct. Tell us, a little,
0: tell us a little bit more about that before I move into my main question. <laughs>
2: okay. Um, well, I guess it was... It was only really two years ago now, um, I'd, I'd been attending a training in India um, and kind of between then and the, the following, this was, this was like uh, 2018, um, and so I met my, my kind of event partner there, Nishit Shah, and during that time that we were there, he, he said, oh, I have this dream to run a retreat in Switzerland. So yeah. myself and a couple of the others said, you know, if if you want to do it, we'll come. So we went to Switzerland, and it was it was great. And at that time, I was kind of sharing an idea that I'd had that um, having been to the London NLP conference myself, I was curious about whether there was one in India, and discovered that there wasn't one, which really surprised me because it's such a big, you know, it's such a big country, and I imagined that there must be many NLP you know, coaches and trainers there. Um, and so I was surprised that there wasn't an event there. And I just happened to raise this in conversation one day. And Nishik kind of said, oh, I've, I've came up with the same idea. And he just said to me, if you want to do it, I will support you. Um, and so over the next couple of months, I just thought, well, it, you know, if, if I'm going to change careers and move out of like my day job, then I need to do something completely different, not just change jobs like lots of people do. Um, and so, yeah, so in the October, I just made this decision that I was, I was going to do it, um, not knowing, you know, how or if it would succeed. And very quickly after that, Nishit kind of came on board and we started working on it together. And we did the first NLP conference live in Mumbai in 2019. With um, We had about 170 people attend and we had a couple of international trainers, including Sunai and Judith Lowe, as well as some amazing Indian trainers as well. So, yeah, it's very, it's very exciting.
0: Oh, brilliant. That sounds fantastic. But it, it's made me think of um, a, a different question, actually, to the one that I, I normally ask uh, the guests, hmm. which is, you know, you, you just said, I just want to give it a go. What was the resistance? Was there any resistance? And what was that final push to make you say, you know what, I'm just going to give this a go?
2: The final push was, I think, as a friend of mine had said to me, you know, you have you have loads of ideas. Just pick one of them and see it through to completion. Um, And kind of over the course of, I think, of a week, 10 days, I suddenly thought this was kind of where my thinking was going. I was out walking and I just thought well you know changing jobs doesn't work so I need to do something completely different and that for some strange reason of all my ideas that was one of the ones that appealed to me the most um and so yeah so I just kind of started it from there and I just kind of started putting my feelers out you know to trainers that I knew who would be interested um and it just kind of went from there really
0: oh brilliant so you know not not having run a conference before, uh, <laughs> not in in <laughs> not in in the UK, you know, you, end, you ended up organizing one uh, in India. So I guess there must have been many hurdles or difficulties um, on a professional personal level. So you know, maybe you can just uh, say one or two things that you overcome or things you had to look at, at a personal level for you to to make this happen. What are some of the things that you had to look at within yourself?
2: Um, within myself, I mean, I, I guess one of the toughest ones from a pr- practical perspective was the fact that, you know, having done already a day's work, I would then often have to be on my laptop later on, you know, working on things for the conference, which was which was um, a challenge at times because sometimes, you know, doing a day job is, is one thing, um, but then having to come home and log back in again to do other things... So I was spending more than say eight hours on on a PC um, so that was a bit of a challenge as well and then I was um, you know slotting in Facebook lives with the trainers to introduce them to the group etc so they 'd be more familiar with people um, I think other personal challenges were the the technology aspect because i I actually went in quite naive as to as to what actually was entailed even from a technology perspective. Um, And so although Nishit did a lot of that, um, there was still a lot that I wasn't even aware of that we would have to do. Um, You know, just creating the website, um, you know, a lot of things that probably people take for granted, but when you've not grown up with that, it's just not the first thing that you think of is, oh, I need a website. (laughs) So... That's, yeah,
0: that's great. So there, that was a, um, quite a challenge for you. And, and I'm glad to hear that you pulled it off and it all worked out well um, for you. Uh, and I think, did you look at this as, um, in terms of something being successful, you know, however, however you choose to look at that, you know, was it successful as a project and why?
2: It was successful as a project, um, I think, because there were so many moving parts to it because, you know, there's there's things that obviously as individuals we kind of go, oh, this is the easy part, I can do this. You know, for me that was researching this, the, the trainers and inviting them and getting them on board. And then there was the selling tickets. So obviously we were doing promotions um, and ads and things like that. And then there's the actual um, – you know getting the venue because i I'd, I'd been to mumbai with Nishit in the previous december to to look at venues and we hadn't found one which we want that we thought was suitable and so in the end we ended up with a venue that someone else had found for us we hadn't seen it at all and hoped that it was suitable based on the photos we'd seen um so you know to then to then actually putting it on for real and bringing it all together you know even up till the night before we when we were putting all the goodie bags together we we didn't discover till then that we didn't have half the brochures we thought we'd ordered um and and the guys were having to to sort out the extra the extra copies which we'd actually already paid for in bangalore and then have to get them to mumbai like literally overnight so there was all of those challenges um and different things, but once the people started arriving and everyone was just, you know, so um, lively and inspired by what they were experiencing, um, it it was really good to see so much, you know, conversations happening because in a country that's never had anything like this before, I think a lot of, you know, being a coach or a trainer, especially if you're freelance, can be quite lonely. So to bring everyone together, um, who kind of has an interest was really useful because they got to meet each other. Some of them would be going, Oh, I've been following you for years, but never met you. So it was, it was really, it was, it, I, I felt even though obviously we didn't sell as many tickets as we would have liked, it was still a great success because, you know, we had a room full of people. We had, I don't know what, 18 trainers presenting. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a success in my eyes. It was a success.
0: Well, it's only your eyes that matter, really. Right. I think, you know, in terms of whether he was successful or not, right? Some people may made thinking, well, you know, if, if the audience, the audience needs to feel uh, that he was successful or got something mm. from it. But in essence, none of us, none of us, really ever truly know what someone gets from something until they say what they get from it. And even as time passes by, they might even get something more from that conference or that. Um, Event that they went to as the years go on, things link together a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of one of the aspects that I like what you just said is terms of people people were, you know, arriving and getting to meet people that they would never met before, um, which is something that I think is missing or something that we're in lack of uh, as a as a world or a group of people, no matter what country we are, country we're in, is the sense of um people arriving at a place and having that that um, commonality that connection that understanding even if it's not said that we're here for this particular reason mm. you know and and just before this podcast i was looking i was looking i was doing stuff on my laptop and i saw a, a roomy quote and it says come come whoever you are wanderer worshiper lover of leaving it doesn't matter. Ours is not a caravan of despair. Come, even if you have broken your vows a thousand times. <laughs> mm-hmm. And because this is almost like the essence of Embodied Rebellion, the Embodied Rebellion podcast, where this is about coming as who we are, mm. with all our broken pieces, with all our broken vows that we that we turn up and we, and we communicate and we share. And we uh, we experience the wonders of being human together. So that was beautiful. That was something that really connected for me. And just drawing from the fact that that's part of what embodied rebellion is about. I haven't asked you the question that I have asked all the previous guests so far as my first question. So I've kind of gone into this a different way for whatever reason. I have no idea because I'm just doing it as a guy. <laughs> <up. laughs>
2: You're rebelling. <laughs>
0: uh, I'm, I'm rebelling in some way. Okay, but but the question is, uh, Angela, is what does embodied rebellion mean or feel like for you, or what's your understanding of embodied rebellion?
2: I guess my understanding, and this obviously is different for everybody, isn't it, is um I think so many of us without realizing, uh, you know, often fall into the the, the trap of you you just kind of you, you set off on one path and you you don't always realise how much it's become, you know, a routine or something like that and or you do it because everyone else before you has done it. Um, you know it's a bit like herd mentality I suppose in a way you follow everyone because that's what they're doing um, and sometimes and you're just oblivious to the fact that actually I I could do this or I could go that way through choice um, but you've got so used to the way that you're you're living your life at the moment that you know it 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 has a, a sense of stability and and safety to it psychological safety but I, so, I suppose, in a way, embodied rebellion, what it's meaning for me at the moment is is actually kind of you know coming into myself and going, actually, what do I want to do? what am I when I choose and make my decisions and going a specific direction that I'm actually aligned with who I am and my values um, and I'm taking responsibility for for my choices and all my responses to to what's happening in the world, in conversations, etc. So it's, it's a combination of things. Does that make sense?
0: Mm, mm, it does. Yes. Uh, I'm going to pick up on the part of that, you know, you mentioning that making decisions almost for you, I guess it's, I think it's a sense of you uh, rebelling or changing the way you were perceiving choices that you've made before and almost going against those choices. Yeah. To to find something new. Yeah.
2: To find something that's true to me or true for me, I should say.
0: And true true for you. Beautiful. And in that rebellion, in that in that in that turning you or know, turning to the things that were true for you, what were you rebelling against?
2: What am I rebelling against? Kind of just following the herd, I suppose. Um uh, and mm. also my I think my sense of others' expectations of what my life should be. Um so, mm. some people tend to do this really well, and I, I I think often they're the ones we we can, you know, admire or be inspired by because very much like you said, you know, it's 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 the coming together, you know in spite of all that we perceive we have wrong with us or uh, our faults, etc. And, you know, so often the people that are that successful in spite of all their hardships are often the people that we often admire the most because we, it's, it's, they have something else that's driving them despite any other things that might be going on in their life. They keep going uh, towards, you know, what they feel is their heart's desire, I guess. Uh, or whether that's a large, something that's a larger purpose. So I think for me, it's it's coming into the alignment of who I am and who I'm knowing myself to be, which, you know, it can. It, we're all evolving on some level. It just depends as to how deep we want to go.
0: Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And in terms of you kind of, <clears throat> that rebellion or that turning away from other people's idea about yourself, what about your ideas about yourself? You know, what, what did you have to turn away from or turn, you know, or rebel against, for instance, you know, um, you know whether I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, whatever the, the sentences or phrases were, or this is a broken piece of me. And, you know, how did you, what did you do? Or how did you turn, rebel against those thoughts and ideas about yourself? If
2: that's if you had it. I mean, I th- I think I think having been in the corporate world for quite a long time, you, you I I reached a point where I was just kind of starting to feel like I was, you know, a square peg trying to be beaten into a round hole, and and it wore me down over over many years, and I kind of felt like I'd lost my voice uh, within what I wanted to do, and this kind of manifested its, itself in me, leaving those companies without jobs to go to. And so on some level, I knew, first of all, that the issue was that I needed to go within myself and find out more about myself in order to do that. Um, so although I, I'm still in the corporate world, I'm, I'm, you know, slowly making moves sideways into other things that hopefully... Then fairly soon, I can transition into something else that's a bit more aligned with who I am and what I want to do and what I enjoy doing. So, but I think you know we we do this, you know, in in many different ways. So, for example, when I was when I was younger, when I was nineteen, I went on holiday on my own for the first time, um, which for me was a was a massive step because all my friends were going to Spain and places like that. And I didn't want to go to Spain because it was like, why do I want to go to a country that's full of English when, you know, on holiday, because I want to go and see the place, not just to go partying type thing. And Mm
0: -mm. at
2: the time for me, that was, that was quite a big challenge because although I had an older brother, you know, my parents were very dubious about me going away by myself and, um, And at the time, my thinking was, well, how am I going to find out about myself if if I'm always, you know, protected? Uh, And also, you know, there's a huge world out there and I want to see it. So for me, that was like the first step forwards, I guess, in that rebellion against the fact that, you know, just because I'm female doesn't mean that I can't go off and do things by myself because I can and I want to. Um, I don't have to have somebody by myself protecting me, so to speak. So, yeah, I think there's there's that, and there's more people gain that confidence to to go for what they want. You know, within your own, we each have our own values based on our own life experience, um, and and what that criteria is that we need in place to be able to go out there and do that. And um, yeah. <laughs> it's but it's an exploration isn't yeah it? it's you know that's why lots of times people call it the journey but it's a, it's a case if you've got to enjoy all of it really um and I think that's it it's, it's it's a
0: pure exploration and I think even I myself you know over the years have been caught up and and you mentioned uh you know expression of your or your your voice was getting lost of who you were and I've myself has encountered that my you know over the years thinking i you know I'm not saying or doing things mm-hmm. that I want to do or not that I necessarily knew what I wanted to do, but it's that it, it is that exploration is about how do I find out what I want to do unless I do yes. something, and I think. And yes, we may have an idea of what we want to do, but for me, it it is the exploration. It is that stepping out into, you know, the front, stepping out into the horizon, if you like, you know, so maybe not even seeing exactly, but just knowing that there's a direction that one wants to take in order to to feel alive. And I think, feel alive. Joseph Campbell said that, you know, it isn't something like, uh, it's not so much a people want the reason of being alive, the meaning of life, but more so the, re, uh, the the feeling of being alive, or something like that. So it's really about how do I, for me, it was how do I feel alive in this world that I'm living in, and that is a journey, that is an exploration, that is getting into one one's own feelings, um, and then expressing that out into the world in one of a shape or form. So for me, that's that's really that's um, <laughs> that's very powerful and i was exp- i was looking at something similar about this a couple of days ago actually and cuz i was feeling a little bit unsure about you know, my mm. next step actually uh, in terms of what i'm trying to do or what i want to do in my so called professional career um or in, in the journey that i want to take and i came across a part of a a, a poem or by uh, someone called wendell Berry and he said, It may be that when we no longer know what to do, we have come to our real work, and that when we no longer know which way to go, we have begun the real journey. The mind is not back, deny the mind mind is not baffled if it's not, if it's, if it's sorry, the mind is not baffled if it's not employed,
2: right?
0: You know, and 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 um. The last part of that is the impeded stream is one that sings. So I think for me, I was feeling that, yes, I, you know, I don't really know what my real work is at some point and I don't really know where I'm going. And this is where it begins. For me, it's when when I actually stop and say, actually, I don't know. Um, and, and if I don't know, then you know what do I do to find out? How do I find out? you know, what direction or what things do I, I, I want to take or do. And for me, that is there, that is, is uh, picking up those pieces, which are often referred to in all the podcasts, is picking up the pieces of the self that I put to one side, or oh, I don't want to own, or I, I, I don't want to show in the world because I don't think these pieces are valid or these pieces are not appreciated by other people. So, you know, we all try... I think I will speak for myself. You know, I try to hide different pieces of myself so those mm. pieces are not seen, um, and that's why the hidden why the, the embodied rebellion podcast symbol is it's like a faded jigsaw pieces because we have all these pieces that we don't want people mm. to see, you know. But they're, all, they're they're always there and they're still part of us. So for me, it was then that, like, okay, what are what are these pieces that I'm trying to hide and how do I rebel against? Right. These pieces that I'm trying to hide. If that made yes.
2: sense?
0: Yes. Yes. Because I do know I can go on <laughs> a bit.
2: Uh, Well, I think <laughs> what, what I came to, to mind when you were, you know, reading, reading the quote was, um, you know, a lot of what the, the essence of, of NLP is about, which is, um, you know, they, they, call, they call it the, you know, the, the know-nothing state um, because, as you say, when, when you've reached a point where you don't know, for many of us, that can mean we just kind of stop looking because we kind of go, well, I don't know. So I'm going to keep going on doing what I'm doing until I do know. Um, but as we know, that's also a decision as well to to not change anything, is making a decision. But when we don't know, it, it gives us an opportunity, if we choose to, to then just become really curious Because this is kind of like the essence of this know nothing state that that we talk about in NLP, because when you're coming from a place of curiosity, it's, it's like that childlike place of curiosity where you're then willing to try different things that maybe you wouldn't have even considered in the past to, like you say, just explore, you know, because until you explore it, you don't know if it's for you or not it's it's like it's like going on you know a hike or something and you find yourself in unfamiliar territory or off the off the track and you kind of go oh I just wonder what's down here but you're just you're just curious that's all it is you're curious you go to have a look around and if it's interesting you go oh, come over here and look at this and if not then you just go oh no we'll just continue back down here um you know until you find another kind of branch that you might want to explore so it's do you think that? Do you think that curiosity,
0: so that childlike curiosity, even as an adult, so like walking in a, in a, in the a woods and seeing a path, which we've probably all done, or most of us hmm. have done. Oh, wonder what's down there. Do you, Do you think that's easier to do because there is no end goal to it? There is no, and it, and it's okay if I take I've taken a path that oh, there's a dead end. Hmm. Doesn't really matter. I could just turn back. How do we? How can we take that? into our into our everyday life because we can we, you know most of us probably have done that on a walk but then when it comes to this curiosity and this child likeness in our everyday life of making decisions and finding things out i guess there's a blocker for a lot of us that we don't a lot of people i i would speak for myself as well that i have done that in the past where i've not taken that curiosity or that sense of well it doesn't really matter so much if i just explore this opportunity what do you think what, what, what do you think it is that stops us from bringing that into our our lives
2: what is it so I, th- I think it's because we're attached to certain things we're exploring because there's there's obviously something you know that we're we're seeking to fulfill on some level you know whether that's financial or emotional or physical I guess and so because we're going in with this We're searching for it for this reason. So, And if you consider the fact that when you do go on a walk and you you kind of take that path, there's no attachment to what you're going to find at the end necessarily. So like you say, you could kind of go, oh, it's, it's, it's this really cute little garden, just come and check it out. And you just go and have a look and then you get back on the path again until you reach your destination or wherever it is you're going. But in life, I guess sometimes we might do that it depends on how far away it takes us i guess from from what it is that we're actually you know to that fulfillment that we're looking for um because if and often i think also what potentially can stop us is that we have these other uh criteria if you like that we we also need to be fulfilled but the, maybe that we're not bringing into um what we're actually seeking so we're we're seeking one thing but then as soon as you get there you kind of go yes I'm interested in it but it's not going to pay me enough money I can't earn a living from it um, and then that's when all our other values kind of come stacking up behind it so I, I don't think that, that we can't bring it into our lives I think we can um, and obviously people do because you just don't know whether you might learn something that could actually help you in an, in another area of your life you might discover something you didn't know meet someone that can really help you get where you want to go um and, and i think that it's if we can be more curious especially in in places where um where perhaps we wouldn't normally choose to go perhaps because the there's, you know, there's, like you say, it's all an exploration. And until we explore it, we don't know what we're going to find.
0: So many things have come up for me talking about it. So many different things. There's like too much to say. And this is where I get all excited. Uh, so calm calm down. I think, uh, okay, so one of the things was when I was talking, thinking about when I I've gone out for a walk, and I'm really bad at directions. And I remember being a, a young teenager out for a walk, and I got lost in a in a wood, a big, a massive park with some woodland in it. So at first, it was an adventure. I was out walking; didn't really matter. But then it mattered when I and right. I needed to find my way out. So I think um, it, it, it it reminds me. So when we when we want to know an ar- when we need an answer, mm. then it can be difficult. When we, when we want to find an end result or we need to find a way out of our situation, that kind of curiosity can become more panicky or can become uh, less of an intuitive process and more of a, you know, a, a maybe a sporadic process or, you know, a logical process. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels very different. So that's something I've definitely experienced myself. As a young, as a teenager, and also in taking actions in, uh, mm. in ever big decisions in my life, where the end, end result makes the difference sometimes. So yes, if there's less curiosity and less play, mm. it feels more of a burden. And then it, and even just talking there near the end part, you're talking about um, walking and people going on, it reminds me of the hero's journey, actually where, you know, you said you'll meet teachers and we don't know why we do this or we don't know why we do that. It's almost like that hero's journey of a call to adventure that every, everything is not everything. A lot of times we get a call where it could be a whisper, it could be a, a big call that says, hey, what are you doing with your life? Or, hey, why don't you take this path? Or, hey, why don't you try this opportunity? And and that's, you know, again, where all the... the, the the barriers or the, the things that come up the, the blockers come up mm. for us when we have to cross that threshold before we meet the mentors and the guides that you know help us along the way so that's what, that's what one of the things that pops up for me is actually this the hero journey as you know some people may be aware of is 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 constant so you know we go we keep go through quite a few of these journeys where we often get a call to wake up to do something different to you know to be that person That is Mm. knocking on the inside, Uh, because you know I think essentially what we're all doing is chipping away to find the answer to you know who am I and what am I meant to do. Um, So we're you know we're like mini woodcutters of the world, I guess, chipping away at that those essential questions, looking for the answers in all these myriad of of possibilities. Yes. Mm. Yes. It's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> just saying that, like, could you mentioned uh, NLP in terms of uh, some mm. of the, the way it's used. Um, or Because um, I, I, I know, you know, I used to know a bit about NLP. I did a little training in it some years back, but, I, you know, I can't really remember um, a lot of it. But in terms of, using as a as an LP coach um you know using some of those processes or techniques to navigate yourself mm. through your 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 challenges uh, whether that was putting on the event in india whether that you know being at work uh, in a corporate job that was doing your head in what kind of like um, i guess technique or or thought process is something that helped you to navigate those Um, challenges and changes
2: well first of all one one of the processes which i use quite a lot i wouldn't call it well it is a process but it's more of a process of self-questioning really um is clean questions what we call clean questions um and i don't know if you know so david grove was was the creator of clean questions he was Uh, a psychotherapist that used to do a lot of work with uh, ptsd and especially veterans coming back from various you know conflicts across the world and he found that you know to to really help these people to instead of keep taking them back into the trauma by using clean questions and metaphor specifically you can still move them forwards so What's often the challenge as well is the fact that it's not about putting your own thoughts and ideas into you're listening to what the person is saying, so they're very open questions in lots of ways. In the sense that you know, you might your original so if I'm having a problem at work, for example, um, and I might be going, oh, I'm just you know, I'm so fed up with this, I can. I can actually start asking myself a question going, you know, well, what kind of fed up is that? Because we use words and although they have a a universal meaning, there'll often be other meanings that we've personally kind of put on this particular word or this phrase that is significant to us. It has a sense of meaning, but we don't explore what that really means to us. Um, and I remember even being in, a, in, I was being coached actually at the time. And I, I don't know, I said something like, I, I, I want to be real. And my coach said to me, well, what does real mean to you? <laughs> and so I can't remember what I came up with at the time, but it, it's, you know, that's, it's the same thing. You know, you can look up the meaning in the dictionary and it will have maybe one or two meanings, but it, there was a meaning that it had to me as well within that context. Um, and so clean questions is a way for me to do that. So I could, I, it's like I'm unpicking my own language, if you like, and my own language patterns that I use um, with which to kind of expand my own internal language map, if you like. Um, And I found that to be extremely helpful in, you know, in moving through times of challenge um, and, you know, and when life can get hard sometimes, especially metaphor as well, because then you don't have to dive into it quite so um, realistically. Um, And by using metaphor, you, you can just unpick the metaphor and you still move yourself forwards. It's quite amazing, really. Um, because of so much of it is the story that we're telling ourselves.
0: I mean, yes, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess yeah, it always is, isn't it? it, it is the stories that we tell us. It's, it's nothing else. It's it's that like when you know sitting in med- trying to sit for meditation or any time of mindfulness practice, it is yeah. it's the it's the stories that are constantly playing um, that block us from or from 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 finding that quiet time or. You know, keep the mind unsettled. So we—it's a massive, yeah. So yeah so the stories are the things that get in the in, get in the way. Yes. But the stories are also the things yeah. that can move us through things.
2: Um. Um. No, I was because I, so I, I there was something else up. that came to mind as well from. Um. I mean, it is kind of from NLP, but at the same time, it's probably you've probably heard it in lots of other situations as well, in the fact that you know sometimes when we when we are challenged by some things it it can change our mood and how we interact say with our colleagues especially in the work context and and I I remember one day actually the kind of the the penny finally dropped and I'm just like okay so hang on a minute so I'm just walking into work but because I'm in a bad mood I'm taking it out on everyone else and everyone else is just saying good morning to me and and it just really drops it's like well actually it's not their fault I'm in a bad mood so, you know, the question it raised to me is, that, you know, in the context of the group, in the team, for example, who am I being and what energy am I bringing to this? Because
0: <laughs>
2: if I'm the only one who's bringing the bad mood, then it's not doing the rest of the group any good. And I I don't want to do that. I don't want to put my bad mood on everyone else. So it's not about removing me from the, um, you know, The group, so to speak, but it is about changing my my mind about well, do I want to be in a bad mood when you know it's it's not anything to do with 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 the rest of my colleagues? It's just me. I got up in a bad mood or whatever it was. But at the same time, when you ask yourself and you kind of go, "Well, who am I being when I bring this kind of energy to to the you know to the office in the morning?" Because is is that who I really am? because you kind of know that you're not that person all the time and and then I was actually able to get out of my mood not only very quickly but I actually found then that I stopped bringing that kind of energy to the office certainly not first thing in the morning if you have a, a real reason to to be fed up or whatever it is then but I don't see why I should be giving it to my to my colleagues as well just because they want to have a conversation with me so you know when you think of it in the context of the whole group
0: mm. yeah it's true it?
2: and and our own influence mm. of our energy on that group it can change the dynamic and also our thinking
0: mm-hmm. yeah cuz it's easy to get yes. um uh, anchored or locked into a story um especially mm. in the association with going to an office um You know, and I myself remember getting caught in a story many years ago when I lived with uh, an ex and I would uh, drive home, be driving home from work and I'm like, yeah, singing in my car and I can't wait to go home. But as soon as I put the key in the door, Mm. I would completely change and step in, I would change. Yeah. And I'd become a moody person. (laughs) for the stories that I was telling myself, I, but I think for anyone who's listening here yes. and talk about stories, Byron Katie has a great process to look at the stories that we tell ourselves It's called the work by Byron Katie, and one of the questions is, do you know it's true mm. um and who would you be without that thought, and you know what's the turnaround if you didn't have that thought if I didn't have these thoughts or we didn't have this thought about a particular yeah. situation or person, then who would we who would we be you know most of the time we wouldn't be the miserable upset yeah. grumpy whatever version we were being with that thought we wouldn't be that would be something else and reference to what you said and that switch around or reframe changes that dynamic of the group or the situation that you're in because we're stepping yes. in with a different thought with a different uh, mindset with a different personality with another one of our personalities if you like for the many that we probably have uh, so yeah, so that's, that's a beautiful, uh, great example of uh, clean language and that thought process and switching that around. Um, it's just you know, I I used once once a while in the past, uh, but I think uh, where I where I am now in in terms of processes, a lot of it is I go I'm I'm, I'm going to my body as as a as a telling sign mm. of what is going on in my mind as well um you know because everything for me everything is still felt within the body at some level you know uh whether whether we are tuned to that or not it, it, you know it's always happening in the body so that's where i go now I try going to my body through various different techniques meditation movement uh, yoga walking just breathing you know and feeling into the the thought the thoughts that i'm having. Um, at any particular moment and, mm. and using that as a point to, to change that around for myself. As well as some of the mental processes as well. Um it's never one or the other, but I think it's it's bit, it's it's a lot of a lot of different things. Yeah.
2: And and getting yeah, out of yeah, our heads at any given time. and into our bodies is one of the the best ways I think to to really kind of change our physiology and change our mood as well. Because it's it's the being in our heads that starts the story off, isn't it?
0: yeah and, we, and it's funny you
2: mentioned metaphors
0: actually, because I think the trouble with metaphors at a basic level we have everyday metaphors that are used and and, mm. and said quite lightly and not really understood, like life begins at forty or um, <laughs> you, know, you made me so angry, I feel like I 'm on fire or <laughs> you know <laughs> we have these metaphors that that we don't actually um What's the other one? All these sayings that people say to us, metaphors and sayings that people say to us that are actually quite deeper mm. if we take them away from the everyday level, like snap out of it. Or just take a few deep breaths, which everyone says. But even just a snap out of it, it's almost trying to change the state. It's looking for a change state without actually giving yeah. it a physiological state change. Because you know it's, it, all, all that all that quick mental uh, state change. And one of the processes that I you know I've used once when I used to practice a little bit of NLP.
2: Oh right. Which, um, yes.
0: uh, what I remember the swish pattern when you put the pattern on top of the other pattern, and then you say, you take you go through the process, and then I would <laughs> say something like, "Do you smell popcorn?" I'm like popcorn, what? <laughs> what are you no, I don't smell popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as, as a way to change the state you know, you change the thinking, change, change the, the 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 physiology, change everything just right there and then, and then bring that and then redo the pattern again, or, you know, bring them back into that state. So I think we say a lot of things that have real, uh, almost profound changes and meanings to us that we skip over them so lightly. And I think for me, it'd be great if, not great if, but it'd be great to, to reintroduce these things and just saying them so lightly, to actually really understand them at, mm. at, at a physical level as well, what they mean within us. And I think for me, when, <laughs> when I turned 40, I know I sound like 20, I know. When I when I turned 40, or maybe I was about 42, I was like going, oh, my God. I used to hear that saying, people say, life begins at 40. Why did I say that? Why do people say that? I mean, I, it, uh, part of it is, you know, to some research by uh, people like uh, Napoleon Hill is that most people don't even know what they want or understand the process Mm. that they've gone through till they're well into their forties and fifties. So for me, I was saying that I was actually, you know, I was like, when I was 41, I was saying I'm one year old because I've just, you know, my life's just begun. (laughs) So for me, like, it's almost like, Mm. uh, like I'm just really beginning, um, understanding, those first 40 years. Well, I guess it's that it's that first,
2: like. <laughs> like you say, it's that first 40 years of experience you've kind of, you've gone through all the major, for, for most people, you know, the major parts of life. Um, And also I think it can be, it can be a turning point. You know, if you have, if you have children, it might be that they're starting to leave home and therefore your, your whole home life is the structure of your home life is changing. And therefore that opens up a bit more freedom for you if you're a parent type thing. Um, and like you say, if you've been if you've already been at work for quite a long time, then it might be that you're changing a career and it opens up your your life in different ways. In that sense, because like you say, you've you've had all this life experience so far. You, you, in a way, you have more um, experience in order to to make a different choice, um, which still takes courage because obviously not everyone is in a position to do that but also not everyone wants to kind of dig deep for that courage in order to make such change and and really open up their life to something that is of their choosing and maybe not mm. of of what their expectations are mm. Mm. Mm.
0: Sorry, uh, yeah, uh, Mm. a stupid just popped into my head there. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, because courage is a big thing, but we'll I'll leave that for today. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Obviously, this be going for a lot longer. I'll leave courage for today, but yes, again, it goes. I think we've almost gone circle where it's it's Mm. it's still coming back to the thoughts, the questions, the choices, and then the Mm. the courage or the ability to then take action, to be curious, to be exploratory, to to risk you know, but and then we, we we decide what we want to risk, you know or what we believe that risk is, but without that exploration, without that stepping into without that moving mm. into the edges of our life or the edges of our choices, then you know we will always not always then 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 everything becomes a little bit harder or a little bit more difficult, and the thoughts become the thoughts become more and more and mm. uh, almost real if you like and you know then that starts to get acted out then we become whatever we become based upon the thought patterns that we're having so for me it's 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 very interesting in the sense of um mary oliver's popped into my head now where she has a poem about you know you don't have to crawl a thousand miles on your knees or something like that to to Right. to to find your way or to seek forgiveness or to be who you want to be, you know we don't have to crawl on our knees we don't have to mm. rip our heart out to be who we want to be. Um, we just have yes. to. We don't have to. We just accept ourselves. Um, and uh, I think I might have mentioned this before. Uh, you know, I can't remember who said it, but when we accept, Mm. funny, the the curious paradox is when I accept myself, then I change. You know, so all of these rejected or put away parts that we we don't want to have within ourselves um, because we think they're bad or they're not good or I can't be like this. Actually, Mm. when we bring those pieces back within ourselves, so instead of we you know, so we, we bring them back into ourselves and actually and accept them from a real place, not from a I'm doing this because I love myself kind mm-hmm. of phrase, but from a real place, then we start to change. Um, I mean, that's what I think anyway. Um, yes, we can change and then accept ourselves as well. It I is, think, yeah. Is well, I, I th- think, th- think, as, as you, thing, you know? say,
2: it's both. You know,
0: which comes first
2: um it's just that we we spend a lot of time trying to either as you say deny or move away from the pieces we we think are bad or broken or whatever it is but actually all of those pieces are what makes us who we are and when we accept all of the pieces of ourselves as whole and that there's nothing to fix then you move forwards with essentially kind of new eyes because you're moving forward. You're going, well, this is who I am. I'm not denying that I, I, I don't annoy people from time to time because I'm, you know, I don't know very well structured or super tidy or messy or whatever it is. Um, that's, we just accept that that's, that's who I am. I'm not denying. And it's not, it's not wrong to be that way because we're all made up of all these different things and in different contexts as well. But when we accept the whole of ourselves and that we are enough as we are, then you, you move forwards from a a more centered position, I think, um, internally, I mean that. Um, and you have a stronger sense of yourself. And that's, I think, Yeah, and then we stand up for who we are.
0: Mm, Beautiful. Mm. And we do this as, for me, one Mm. of the things I'm working towards, we do this as community, we do this as people that come, sit, and talk together and recognise each other, appreciate each other, as differences as people as human beings and then or to help us to really actually start to make changes that concern us you know community or environmentally um for me and that's part of embodied rebellion where know we can't for me or part of the part of it is that you can't just we we can't just pick up yes one piece we have to pick up all the pieces but by picking up one piece we actually start to pick up the other pieces as well if we were if we work together if we work from a place of you know we often say if we work from a place of humanity or work from that place of love that we are sacred beings walking this earth. Yeah. Or as Ramdas would say,
2: more sacred And I think it, it fits in really well, you know, with everything that's going on at the moment in the world as well, because until we're willing to accept and look at all the bits that we deem are wrong as well, uh, we can't begin to fix them you know, as a community, as, as the human race, really. It's, it's when we accept the fact that, I mean, obviously a lot of us are kind of going, this is wrong, that's wrong. Um, But individually and collectively, um, because it works both ways, when we can accept ourselves as we are, including all the bits we think are wrong or aren't, right, or whatever words we use to define those parts of ourselves and accept them, Along with all the stuff that we like about ourselves, then collectively we can begin to to put, you know, in place things that are going to work for the rest of the survival of the planet, et cetera, and how we treat each other as as a culture, as a species, et cetera. Mm. Beautiful.
0: I'm going to, thank you for that, Angela. I'm going to, I've just pulled up now on the Mary Oliver poem. (laughs) I may not read all of it. I'm just going to read some of it. Um, It's called Wild Geese. Many people have heard of this, but I'm just going to read some of it and see where I feel like to stop. It says, you do not not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a 100 miles through the desert repenting you only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves tell me about your despair Mm. yours and i will tell you mine meanwhile the world goes on meanwhile the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes over the pharisees and the deep trees the mountains and the rivers meanwhile the wild geese high in the clear blue air are heading home again whoever You are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination. Calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over, announcing your place in the family of things. Over and over, Mm. announcing your place in the family of things.
2: Yes.
0: Beautiful poem, beautiful, you know. um <laughs> Yeah, we're just gonna let the soft animal of your body loves what it loves, and yes. you know, beautiful, beautiful. I think I'll leave it there for um, you know. If anyone would like to find that poem, it's by Mary Oliver, and it's called "Wild Geese." Uh, but Angela, thank you very much for sharing your wisdom. Your wisdom, thank you for asking
2: me, and um, yeah, it's Uh, been a great pleasure, great conversation, love it,
0: (laughs) (laughs) lovely. So, thank you, Reb. Oh, guys, I'm sorry, Jason. Yeah, Jason had to drop out because being in Norway, I'm not sure what's happening, but the signal just wouldn't work. Every time he came online, it became a little bit disruptive. But hopefully, he'll be back on the next one. So. Uh, thank you very much listeners and I'll see you or you'll hear me next time